On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl. Man, oh man, um, I'm recording this immediately after St. Perry or St. Peter's defeated the Kentucky Wildcats in uh, Indianapolis, currently in Greensville, South Carolina, for some more um, NCAA tournament games. And I'm not going to lie to you, in my gut, I was fearful that a game like this would happen, happen at some point during the NCAA tournament. But I'm going to be honest with you, I did not expect it to happen the very first game of the NCAA tournament. And out of all the teams I expected a collapse to happen against, I did not expect it to be the St. Peter's Peacocks. Before I get into everything today, and this is going to be a relatively short podcast considering I have forgotten to bring my computer charger with me here on this trip and my computer is about to die. I want to just first of all say props to St. Peter's for capitalizing on this opportunity to beat the Wildcats and obviously it was a great game by them and I'm, I'm truly impressed with the way that they played. I did not expect them to put up as much of a fight as they did. They shot well, which we'll get to in a little bit. But overall, I'm, I'm impressed. Props to St. Peter's. Props to St. Peter's. All right, before, we, before I begin to like really complain here, just want to talk about what, I've, what I saw from this game, just different tidbits. Something that St. Peter's did relatively well is they shut down Kentucky's transition game um, better than I thought that they would. Uh, Kentucky, at times, they would look to push the pace and then Severe Wheeler would immediately slow things down or things just wouldn't be there. And the offense struggled in the half court against St. Peter's. They simply struggled. In the first half, Kentucky did just simply didn't protect the rim. That was a theme all night, but I noted in the first half, Kentucky struggled to protect the rim defensively. It was a, it was a poor showing uh, without getting really getting into it emotionally. It was a, it was a poor showing defensively. Oscar Sheepway did his thing. One guy tonight decided to play. Decided to play with heart. Decided to go out there and give his team everything that he had. One player, Oscar Sheebway. St. Peter shot lights out in this game. I noted in the first half, St. Peter shot lights out. I didn't. I didn't write notes for the second half. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna talk this episode. St. Peter shot lights out. And this is something that I noted. While Kentucky struggled to protect the rim, it was not the worst defensive showing. The Peacocks were just simply knocking down shots, and that was true. But as the game progressed, there were just so many defensive breakdowns at the rim. Just so many different times. Like, you've got to be able to contest that layup. You've got to be able to try and block that shot. And Kentucky had six blocks. They just couldn't get it done. Bench production, uh, I think, was better than what we've seen over the last uh, few games. 
Jacob Toppin came off the bench, had nine points. Eight, eight of them came in the first half. Davion Mintz had eight points, three rebounds, two assists, was three of seven from the floor, one of three from three. Uh, shooting from the guards. I've said it over and over and over and over again at different points as the season has progressed. And it's not like if I say it enough, it's going to happen. But the point being here is that it's just been a, a reoccurring theme. The guards are incredibly inefficient on offense. When you have a shooting guard, which is technically what Ty Ty Washington is, go two for 10 from the floor. Two for 10 from the floor. And he was one of two from three, but the, the three that he hit was a prayer at the very end of overtime. When you go two of 10 from the floor, you're not getting efficient production. And so you have to ask yourself the question, who do I turn to? And if your answer is Davion Mintz, he wasn't shooting very well. And so you then, then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, now that we are officially just inept at the two spot, who do we turn to? Can we get Severe Wheeler to shoot a little bit better? Well, he shot four of eight from this game, but he's shooting 30% from three on the year. And he wasn't going to be the answer offensively in this game to win it, in my opinion. So he was like, okay. Well, maybe we go to the kid that scored 2,000 points at his previous school, one of the best three-point shooters in the country. Why don't we turn to Kellen Grady? Why don't we turn to Kellen Grady? I want to talk here about Kellen Grady for a second. Grady, I think he's a great kid. First and foremost, I think he's a great kid. I think he's athletic. I think he's talented. I think he's good. I think he's a good basketball player. But as the season has winded down and is now concluded, his confidence has just tanked. His confidence has tanked. He was one of seven from three in this game and one of nine from the floor. Every single time it looks like Grady gets the ball now, he doesn't catch and shoot like he's done before. He, he catches the ball and he sidesteps. And he shoots off of that or he gets rid of the ball. His confidence is just completely gone. And it's, it's odd, it's uncharacteristic for a kid. Again, I want to repeat myself. This was the hot topic of the offseason with, with Grady. Scored 2,000 points at his previous school. A Division I school that, quite frankly, is pretty good. They're a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament this year. It's not like he was playing against terrible competition. Where has he gone? Well, I guess we can't really... There's, there's not really any point to answering that question because the season's over. It's over. And I'm still living in the shock of that right now. But the fact that Kellen Grady, Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler, Davion Mintz, the fact, the fact that nobody, nobody in your backcourt has been able to consistently step up this season, it's, it's not great. It's not great. And it will earn you a first-round exit to the hands of the St. Peter's Peacocks. Again, props to them. But wow. Wow. I want to talk about the second half and just overall some more thoughts here in just a second. But before we do that, 
want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Not going to lie, guys, I need a little bit of a pick-me-up right now. And actually, straight up, a Built Bar sounds pretty good right now. They've got these new things as well. I've tried them. They're absolutely delicious called Puffs. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, and they're delicious, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're actually pretty pretty darn good. We've got some really good flavors as well. Mint brownie, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream, salted caramel. They've got all different kinds of flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will also be good for you. They're very healthy as well. You can go to Built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, you can use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked on Kentucky, a depressed Lance Daw here with you. That's a joke. Um, I mean, all, all things considered, like, I'm still in shock. The, 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 the wave of just disappointment I don't really think has hit me yet, but I'm, I'm just shocked at how this game turned out. And, <laughs> excuse me, hey, by the way, in case you're wondering, I'm still trying to recover uh, from, some, from th- some type of throat sickness, some laryngitis. I'm struggling. Uh, I'll be all right. This game does not help, though. But something I I wanted to mention, and I think I kind of hinted at it whenever I started the show, is this was not one of those games where you see an upset, and it's like, oh, well, they had this thing bounce their way, or well, they had this call, or well, this wasn't right, or the officials did this, or something like that. Kentucky, from from the first tip, to the overtime tip, I mean, they, they, they got beat. There were no gimmicks. There were no missed calls. They got beat. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that St. Peter's was just incredibly efficient on offense. I mean, we talked about this team yesterday as, as one of the most inefficient offenses in the country. In the country. Averaging 66 points a game. They scored 85. They scored 85. Get this, all right? If you've not looked at the numbers, if you just cried yourself to sleep and you're listening to this podcast on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, whenever you're listening to this, if you're a St. Peter's fan, props to your team, man. They played their heart out. But get these numbers. If you've not looked at them, St. Peter's shot 51% from the floor. 51% from the floor on an SEC team. They shot 52.9% from three. They shot nine of 17. Nine of 17 from three. They shot 85.7% from the free throw line. And the kicker here is that Kentucky shot 35 free throws as opposed to St. Peter's 21. And Kentucky made 23 of their 35. They made more free throws than St. Peter's shot, and they lost by six. That's a 15 seed right there. Kentucky won the rebounding battle by one rebound. Doesn't really matter to me in this game. Both teams had 18 assists. St. Peter's had more turnovers. But, the, but Kentucky could not capitalize. Only nine points off of St. Peter's 15 turnovers. Uh, Kentucky had 12 turnovers. St. Peter's 15 points off of those 12 turnovers. And something that I noted in the first half is St. Peter's was fouling a lot. A lot. 
The officiating, I thought, was good in this game. The officiating did not dictate the outcome in this matchup. I don't even really think at all. 25 fouls for St. Saint Peter's as opposed to Kentucky 17. And I'm pulling it up right now. Kentucky had six fast break points. St. Peter's had nine. Six fast break points. <laughs> that, is, that is abysmal. That is absolutely abysmal. Oscar Sheeblay, like I mentioned, the only person on this squad that actually went out there and, and played extremely... I would say Wheeler played hard. Didn't play great. Played hard. Had six turnovers. But Oscar Sheeblay had 30 points and 16 rebounds. Two assists. Was 11 of 16 from the floor. 8 of 12 from the free throw line. Had two steals, two blocks. I mean... And, and I think you really start to have to question here. I think Shibway is still the national player of the year. But how is the media going to perceive this loss? How are fans going to perceive this loss? Saying, well, your national player couldn't get you past the round of 64. Again, I still think that Shibway is th- is the, should be <coughs> the, the national player of the year. But I, I think the question has to be, has to be asked... So the award is announced. When, uh, how do we, um, how do we really find out who that is? You know, I think the media is going to be like, well, maybe it should be this other person. Maybe it should be Chad Holmgren. Maybe it should be Drew Timmy. Maybe it should be this person because they, they won with their team. And that's not a diss on Sheebway. Everybody else on this team let him down. Everybody else on this team let him down. It's a shame. It's a shame. Anything else I want to note here before we move on? Yeah, I noted one of the the three uh, the three key players for St. Peter's, Daryl Banks the third. Kid shot nineteen shots, made nine of them, had twenty seven points, was five of eight from three. Five of eight from three, twenty seven points. And then I also mentioned Doug, uh, mentioned Doug Eddard. He, uh, he had 20 points off the bench for St. Peter's. Two of two from three, five of seven from the floor. I mentioned Doug Eddard sounds like the name of a guy that would lead his squad to an upset. And Banks and Eddard certainly got it done. They certainly got it, got it done for the Peacocks. All right, I want to talk in just a second about just move, moving forward. I mean, how do, how do we approach things? I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at BetOnline. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering and information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl here with you. Just kind of moving forward, you know, what, what, is, what does the program do? And, and I'm not going to sit here and bash Coach John Calipari. I'm not going to sit here and do that. But I will say 
you know, for a team <coughs> that talked about making adjustments and making tweaks and getting ready and being excited and preparing for a deep run and all these different things. I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked at the way that they came out and played. I'm, uh, I mean, the guard play, I mean, if, if, you, if you were to tell me that, that Kentucky was to lose this game and I had to point to one specific reason as to why they would lose, I would have guessed guard play. And uh, you really start to have to think, okay, next season, Severe Wheeler may be returning. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Don't know right now. Ty Ty Washington, is he a lottery pick? Um, I'll, I'll say this. Since he's been injured, which he's been injured several times this season, um, he's not looked like an NBA player, in my opinion. And this is not me in the heat of the moment, just, just lashing out just to, to say that. It's something I've been kind of keeping on standby because I don't want to get attacked over the take that I don't think Ty Ty Washington looks like he's he's uh, he's he's ready to take the next step because he doesn't. He's not a good shooter. At least he's not not since he he uh, he got injured. He he needs he needs a year or two more to kind of develop his game and make some better decisions. And to go back to 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 Cal Perry, Cal Perry, whatever you want to call it, don't care. Um, I've heard people say that it's different things, and when you Google the pronunciation, it says Calipari, and I've heard other people like Dan Patrick says Calipari. Whenever you actually watch some introductory uh, introductory videos, people say Calipari. I'm not going to get too caught up over it. Tomato, tomato. Pronounce it. I'll try and pronounce it the right way. Um, but you know where where were those tweaks? Where were they? Because it seems to me like you you let up 85 points against one of the worst offenses in the country. One of the worst offenses in the, in the, in the field. It may be the worst offense in the field of 64. You gave up 85 points. How does that happen? As a, as a, as a coach at a, at, a, at a program like Kentucky, with all of this talent and all of this, uh, this culture and all of these thing, things going your way, how do you underachieve in a game against St. Peter's? <laughs> you know? It's just wild to me. How do you choke this? How do you botch this? How do you not, how do you not use your timeouts better? How do you not call up something better than a mid-range? How, how perfect was the fact that the, the potential game winner to keep your season alive was missed and it was a mid-range jumper? How is that the play call? How is it to get it into the corner and to tie tie and then freak out for the final four seconds? Why is why is that the play call? It, it baffles my mind. Some of the decisions that were made in this game and some of the decisions that were made this season. Why did we not see more players? Why did we not see more guys get touches? You know. <laughs> so you've re, you, moving forward. I think you have to. Really look at the transfer portal. See if you can get some guys. If Shibway leaves, you've got to be able to, to find a way to replace that. You've got to, you have to find a big. You cannot, you cannot go into next season without a kid that's at least 6'10", 6'11". You've got to be able to go out there and get a legitimate big man. And you may say, Lance, well, Lance Ware could potentially be that. No, he's not. He's going to be a backup. 
He's not, he's not capable of being a starting center and contributing to the point where Kentucky can get past the round of 32 next season. Not unless they bring in some, some really, really talented guards. Because I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this, and this is not me talking down to you. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the, the SEC is changing. Six different teams let go of their head coach. Well, excuse me, five of them let go of their head coach. One of them walked to go coach at another school. The SEC landscape's changing. There's a lot of money being thrown into this conference right now. Things are changing. People realize that that there's something to be had here. They're throwing money at it, and they're going to see if they can make it grow. And Kentucky is not doing themselves any favors right now by losing in the round of 64 to St. Peter's because the perception starts to change a little bit. At least I think it does. At least a little bit with the program. And a question I have right now is, what's stopping other teams in the SEC from taking some recruits that could be looking at the Wildcats? Because at least, at least those teams will get you past the, the round of 64. If the goal is to win, if the goal is to turn out, develop into an NBA prospect, why would, why would I choose Kentucky over Tennessee, Auburn, Arkansas? I mean, the, the, Kentucky's very, let me, let, let, let me just clarify, Kentucky's still very much so a viable option. For a lot of recruits. Kentucky could go out there, try really hard, and get just about anybody that they wanted. But with the way that the SEC is changing right now, it's going to become more difficult to recruit. It's going to become more difficult to get transfer portal players because they'll be coming to other schools as well. And it's going to be more difficult to outcoach some of these guys because they're going to throw money at the next best head coach. There are five different guys that are coming into this league next, next season at least two or three of those hires are going to hit, and they're going to be really difficult to, for, for Kentucky to play against. And I, don't, I think people have forgotten, Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the conference. You've got to be able to set yourself up in a better position moving down the road, and I think winning some games in the NCAA tournament this season would have definitely helped. This is your most experienced team you've ever had. The transfer portal is more important than it's ever been. And you could not capitalize by utilizing it. And this is not me saying, fire couch, Coach Cal. This is not me saying, we need to reset everything. This is not me saying, eh, he, he, doesn't, he needs to be let go. I don't think that. I think he's capable of adjusting. He's won a national title. The question is, can he? Can he adjust? That's just one of my major concerns right now. All right, let's go. Let's wrap this up. I, I'm going to have a lot more thoughts. Uh, coming coming your way on Monday. It's a shame that we could not talk more about this NCAA tournament. I was really looking forward to potentially talking about a Final Four run. I don't know. But Wildcats could not, could not get it done against 15th-seeded St. Peter's. Oof. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. Hey, look. If you've got any thoughts about this game, if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, leave it in the comments below. You can hit me on the socials. Give me your thoughts. This has been rough. I'll see you all on Monday. Have a good day, everybody. And God bless.